Hello, my name is Jeremiah Telemontis, and welcome to the Red Team OPSEC podcast, where we cover all things physical red team operations, social engineering, and penetration testing. This podcast is supported by Red Team Security Training, a premier provider of live, instructor-led, online, pre-recorded, and classroom-based training on physical red team operations and social engineering. Visit redteamsecuritytraining.com for more information. As always, thanks for taking the time to listen in. If you're new to this podcast, please take a moment to listen to episode one, where I briefly discuss physical red teaming and kind of what this podcast is all about. So welcome to episode three, which happens to be a reenactment of an old war story of mine. It's one of my favorites to tell, and I hope you like it. For obvious reasons, I can't disclose any specifics about the client. So without further ado, let me set the scene. Several years ago, I was hired by a large enterprise software company somewhere in the U.S. Among their primary concerns was theft of intellectual property, unauthorized physical access, and security awareness. Now, as part of this test... I was tasked with a handful of objectives. And this is the story. As I make my way through the door, I notice the short distance from where I'm standing in the doorway to the receptionist, who is a mere seven or eight feet away. I pretend to take my time with my hand on the door as it slowly closes behind me. I do this to provide her with enough time to have a look at what I'm wearing and what I have with me, and for her to judge my reason for being there. I want her to see that I'm not dressed as the typical visitor was usually dressed in business attire. I'm wearing grubby loose-fit jeans, work boots, a dark blue Dickies uniform shirt, a grubby work cap, a pair of outdated-looking glasses, and a giant ring of keys on my belt loop. I have a small tool bag and a clipboard in my hand with a printout of a maintenance work order I found online. When I did reconnaissance the previous day, I noticed the lobby as a big touchscreen building directory. And in the upper corner, it said, managed by LMS Properties. So I went to their website and I dragged their logo from their webpage into my fake work order and made it look a little bit bigger and a little bit more noticeable. I slowly walked to the receptionist, make eye contact, begin to speak. Hi, uh, my name is Jeremiah. I'm with uh, LMS Building Management here to do a routine check on the emergency lighting on this floor. Um, okay. Did you speak to anyone here to arrange an appointment or... Oh, oh, no. It's just a routine check in all the rooms to make sure the fire emergency lights are tested and uh, 
There's not any obstructions or anything like that. Oh, okay. Just one second, please. Feel free to have a seat. Okay, Chris is on his way over to help. As I wait for Chris to arrive, I take a few steps away from her desk and flip through some papers on my clipboard. The company leased two floors of this towering high-rise, and my reconnaissance the other day didn't give me much intel. You're confronted with two highly frosted doors when stepping off the elevator, and getting a visual on the floor plan was not possible. So I glance around a bit, looking up and down from my clipboard every so often. Down one long hallway, I see a 30-something male approaching. He seems to be walking toward me, so I assume it must be Chris. I avert my eyes down on my clipboard so he doesn't feel obligated to hold my eye gaze. I wanted to give him an opportunity to look me up and down and make assumptions about me. The way I'm dressed. What I'm holding. I turn slightly so that my giant key ring is in his field of view. I flip the work order up in my clipboard, giving a great view of the LMS logo on it. Chris seems friendly as he walks up to me. Hey, can I help you? Sure. I'm with the building management here to test the fire emergency lighting. Uh-huh. The map here shows the there's one in your data processing room. Could you help me get in there real quick? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, follow me. This was one of my objectives. First, to gain access into their data center, and secondly, to do it unescorted. I chose to use the outdated term data processing room is a subtle way of attempting to appear harmless and inexperienced in the field of IT. As I follow Chris, I pay close attention to the floor layout, the cubicles, their high walls, the offices, conference rooms. My second objective is to get into as many rooms as possible, to take photographic evidence and retrieve a flag in one of the conference rooms, though I don't know which one exactly. I only know the flag is a large black leather briefcase sitting in the corner. They told me, you'll know it when you see it. I purposely brush my hand against the keyring as I follow Chris, subconsciously reinforcing to him that I'm just a harmless maintenance guy. We both round a corner, and without pause, Chris swiftly swipes his RFID badge over the reader without even looking, and pulls on the handle. I can already tell he's done this a million times before on this door. It's the door to the data center. He's definitely in IT. I realize I may have my work cut out for me. He surely knows the drill about leaving visitors unescorted in the data center. I feel a slight sinking feeling in my stomach as we both walk in. Okay, thanks. The room is packed floor to ceiling with network equipment, blade servers and racks, and all sorts of telecom equipment. The noise is deafening. The data center looks smaller than it does from the outside. Not much wall space to hunt for emergency lighting. It seems my time here will be quick. 
You don't expect me to be out soon. This is not what I wanted. He lets the door close and waits by it. His body language looks as if he's expecting to be done soon. This is not promising either. I flip through my papers on my clipboard while searching for lighting in the room. I need him to leave me alone. But he's still standing there, bolt upright, not leaning against a wall, not choosing to take a seat at the console right in front of him. So, I decide to improvise a bit. There should be a light on this wall. Do you know, by chance, if it's been moved to a different location? Uh, sorry, I have no idea. There hasn't been any construction in here for a long time. I could ask my manager to stop by. No, that's okay. I'm just going to make a quick call. Minutes and minutes go by as I pretend to be on a phone call with a co-worker about the accuracy of the map and information I have, or if there's a more recent version. I notice Chris pulls out his phone. I wonder if he got a text, or if he's just passing the time. Either way, he's still here, though. I pace the data center floor with an obvious display of impatience. People will often subconsciously pick up on these cues and mimic the behavior. I desperately want him to become impatient as well. I slowly pace the floor, closer and closer to Chris, and I tell my fake coworker over the phone that yes, I'll hold. He's within earshot, and I'm sure he overheard me. I pace the floor. I'm extra careful about behind the servers and all the equipment. I don't want to appear interested in it. More time passes by. As I continue to pace, I consider asking Chris what all these things in the room do in an attempt to feign ignorance. But I decide to drop the idea since I'm better off not making any connection between me and all the sensitive data in the room. Hey, I'm going back to my desk. If you need anything, just have the receptionist page me. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. I throw a little party in my head for just a second, and then I get to work. I walk over to a rack of servers and place my business card on top. Then I pull out my smartphone, move over to a rack of network switches, and snap a photo of me simulating plugging in a plunder bug. Next, I look for a wall outlet and take a quick video of me simulating plugging in a plug bot. Objective complete, I think to myself. I realize I've been holding my breath and I've taken some air. My work is done in here. Time for the next objective. seems to pay any attention as I walk around. I purposefully walk with confidence and act as if I'm supposed to be there. Thankfully, this has always been easy for me. 
And as I duck in and out of offices and conference rooms while taking pictures for what seems like a really long time, still no one seems to take notice. I thank the cover of the high cubicle walls around here. As I enter one conference room, I literally stumble on the black leather briefcase right by the door. It wasn't in the corner like they said, I gripe under my breath. Nothing ever goes as planned. I grab the bag, sling the strap over my shoulder, and I walk out of the conference room, and I feel like I always do when I'm holding a flag. Flushed, nervous, and as if all eyes are watching me. I immediately second guess whether this is the right bag. It wasn't where they said, I think to myself. It would be a big coincidence, right? What if it belongs to someone and they see me with it? Is that something they intentionally didn't tell me? It's funny how nerves affect a person. I feel like I'm actually walking differently. I feel clumsy. And then I conveniently recall how big of a client this is and how I can't screw this up. But I grow a little bit more confident with each step. And then I notice a nook of the office that I hadn't been to yet. I make a quick decision to check it out. The prospect of a discovery of a big vulnerability always gets me. Then, I get a quick flash of adrenaline and immediately regret the decision. But I hear others behind me and I don't want to make a U-turn and appear lost. I really can't afford face-to-face confrontation right now. I'm almost out of here. And then, around the corner. Yay! You're here. We don't know what's wrong with this thing. It's been acting up a lot. Can you fix it? Um... What? the hell just happened. I'll tell you. I walked into a face-to-face confrontation in a break room with four older ladies extremely happy to see me, apparently to fix something. Now, being the good body reader that I am, I noticed one of the women made a motion to something to my right and behind me. So as I turn around, I notice all sorts of snacks and drinks in the room. It looks like a convenience store than it does a break room. And then I realize exactly what she was pointing to. An ATM machine? Oh, shit. I think to myself, how am I going to get out of this one? My gut sank to the floor. To make matters worse, I noticed... It's not an ATM. In fact, I have no idea what I'm looking at. The group of women are now standing directly behind me. Think, think. So I set the black leather briefcase down, and I wonder if they think it's odd for a repairman of this contraption to carry a briefcase. Anyway, by now I can feel nerves stinging along my back and arms. 
starting to sweat a little bit. And I think to myself, it's not an ATM. So what the hell is it? I feel their eyes boring to the back of my head. I realize it's probably just my nerves. So then I kneel down and clumsily examine the little door on the front, opening it a little bit, looking around, shutting it. As I look up to the screen, I notice once again all the snacks on the shelves. And I get a fleeting thought for a moment. How do they pay for all this stuff in here? Aha! This thing is a kiosk to pay for snacks. By now, they've stopped chatting with each other. And I realize, I realize I have to do something quick. So feeling a little bit more confident that I'm pretty sure I know what this thing is, I grab the kiosk with both hands and carefully pull it towards me and I swing it to one side, revealing the hidden cables and dust bunnies. And I remember back to the year 1995, I spent as an intern in the help desk, the hours of technical support the hours and hours of technical support helping my mom and dad, and the recent years helping my in-laws. I pull the mighty cord, you know which one, and like returning Excalibur from whence it came, I rebooted it. Yeah! <laughs> well, I guess I got lucky. After the reboot, the system came back online, and the ladies thanked me for saving their lunch. I promptly left the break room and exited the building, chalking this one up as one of my most favorite adventures. I'd like to thank Derek Sandbeck for the sound design and arrangement. If you enjoy this podcast, please like, subscribe, thumbs up, share, do whatever you got to do, share this with your colleagues. I hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you soon.